Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. With us here today on Tell Dell is a very interesting story. A gentleman's been on this. I'm sorry, gentleman's been on the show before a couple of times. My lips did work when I got up this morning, and <laughs> we're happy to have him back again, uh, Gerald Bolster out of uh, North Carolina. Gerald, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Del. I appreciate you having me on today. It's a pleasure to be here. So let me pose a question. What two gentlemen who make a living for 17 years in the finance and trading world do to retire? question <laughs> <laughs> it's a trick question <laughs> go ahead uh, take a shot at it what did you do for a living for 17 years i worked on the floor of the new york stock exchange i was taking uh, orders from our trading desk from institutional traders and basically con conveying that information to our stockbrokers who went went out and executed it in crowds and uh, played the middleman role for quite some time, but it was a fast-paced life, very hectic life. Um, 2007-2008 rolled around. A lot of uh, companies were merging. There were massive layoffs. Uh, I was out of work for a little bit in 2008 and then picked up work uh, in the electronic trading space, um, doing customer, customer support there. So, you know, basically still on Wall Street. So if we were friends and we were out to dinner and uh, or you were around just people you work with, and you told people, you know, I retired a little younger than thought I would. Um, they probably thought you figured out trading, probably did real well in trading, accumulated a lot of money. Uh, would that be the truth of how you retired? Uh, no, that wouldn't be the truth. Um, you know, what I know now is I would tell these people that retirement is not an age. Retirement is a situation. Retirement is when your passive income exceeds your monthly expenses so that you don't have to go back to work and earn the W-2 income if you don't want to. It becomes a choice. 
And after I joined Lifestyles, I took all that capital that I saved for my entire life and started putting it to work at the beginning of 2018. And I've never looked back. I've just been on a mission to increase net worth, return on net worth, and my passive streams of income. That's excellent. And um, I just want to pass a couple of uh, ideas by you. Since, you know, you've been retired now for how long? You started Lifestyles in 17, 2017. So how quickly did you accumulate enough income or cash flow to be able to uh, quit working full-time? About two and a half years, Dell. Um, the interesting thing about my story is that when I moved from New York to North Carolina, I couldn't take the W-2 job with me. And just a few weeks after I, I moved into my house here, I went to a two-day seminar in Atlanta and basically taken sabbatical, took the summer off, looked into real estate investing, looked into and buying a franchise. So I joined in the fall of 2017 and uh, took all the education requirements at the end of that year and liquidated my 401k at the end of 2017. So I was ready to go for 2018. Um, it took some more money out of uh, IRA accounts then as well. Um, with, with building about, I think, eight or nine pen streams of passive income, two and a half years is the, uh, was just, just the past few months or so is when I say I've retired. So we're talking about, let's just get this out on the table for everyone, uh, since I didn't bring it up in your intro. Uh, you've purchased four single-family houses. I believe you still own three of them. Uh, you've done two multifamily IROs. One of them you refinanced. Do you still own both of them? So I own one multifamily IRO, and I'm under contract for a second multifamily IRO that is slated to close next month. I got you. Okay, so you refinanced the first one to get the money to be able to afford the second one? Excellent. Exactly. Which is a very interesting point you made here. I was reading on your resume. So you collected two hundred and sixty thousand some dollars in one uh, tax-free refinance transaction, and the side note next to it was largest single cash flow transaction you'd ever had. Was it an amazing feeling to pull down a quarter million dollars in one transaction? I've got goosebumps right now just talking about it. You know, it's, it's just an incredible transaction to be able to do that in just 26 months of ownership by following the map you provide, by, you know, taking rents from 480 a unit, two-bed, one-bath, up to now today about 680 a unit, 40% rent increase in two and a half years, and be able to make these apartments real nice, create value for people, and, and to be able to take a hold of the submarket that I'm in and, and command that rent price drive up income and you know divided by the market correct cap rate there really increase the value i mean the value of this property doubled in 26 months man that's amazing. An incredible feeling that is uh you know it doesn't matter what level what year or how old you are you know when i did it when i was 30 it just felt incredible if i do it today it still feels incredible there's nothing <laughs> like that massive capital gain pop that you get from a refinance especially tax-free that's just mind-boggling type situation you know when you sell something you you've got a there's a little love hate there right you go, oh man I hate to give it up the cash flow and everything but man look at the capital gain and then they hit you with the taxes and then you sigh and go okay all right so it wasn't as great now they took some of it away but a refi is just all pure love and joy you keep the property you keep the cash flow you get cash and you don't pay taxes I just to me that's like a Christmas present you know what I mean that Santa Claus oh, coming down the chimney. 
no doubt. 100%. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've heard Curtis talk about this. He likes to redeploy his proceeds just about 30 days or so after a refinance. And I'm on track to do this about three months after uh, the refinance transaction. Funny that, you know, the closing, the refi closing took just about 15 minutes or so. And right after, I went to a property tour for the property I'm under contract right now. That property is about three hours from my house, and you know the closing office was an hour and a half away. And I said, I'm halfway there. Why not go take a look at this property? And it, it's a very good-looking investment. So you know they say things happen for a reason, and now I'm under contract and looking to close very soon. That's excellent. You know, I just want you to realize out there, listeners, that I'm 64 years old, and I spent yesterday and today working this morning, working on deploying my capital and reinvesting it in different places to continue to try to re-leverage and raise the value and the cash flow that comes from it. So it's something that's going to go on forever. But let's talk about that as going on forever. And I'm reading a book that I just started, uh, which is about aging and so forth. And it's saying that, you know, aging is really Um, If you're going to do it successfully, you have to turn around and turn it into your battle. You get up every day, and your job now is to live and to stay alive. And I'm thinking, well, that's really easy for me. I don't have a job. I don't have to make any money. Of course, i got some businesses i got to follow up on. But, you know, it's two or three different things that are all really important, and I want to cover them with you and how you relate to them now as you see life. One of them was when I was talking about the three rules that I live by, rule number one is never lose money. As someone that played the market or was actually a part of the market and saw fortunes won and fortunes lost, how do you feel about the security of your position now that you're in real estate? I feel a lot more secure now than I did back when I was a stock investor. I mean, just truly speculative speculative investments. You don't have any insurance on your stock if the market crashes. And you can't leverage your investment either. You have to put 100% down to buy that stock, and which is, as you know, in real estate is completely opposite, 20% down, 25% down. And God forbid you have a flood or a fire, your insurance covers it, and you can sleep at night. But there's a lot of people out there right now who are not sleeping being invested in the stock market. Yeah, it's like uh, even with the COVID situation, you brought up here uh, in your notes that uh, the COVID hasn't um, dismantled your business at all. It hasn't mine either, and most of the people I know, I don't know too many people in fact, I'm trying to think of anybody that COVID has really hurt uh, that wasn't already had some problems by poor management. But you, you're not really struggling with the COVID, huh? And you only got 30 seconds to answer that. Uh, no, I, I've been stable throughout the COVID situation. There have been people moving out, but that presents opportunities to, you know, get rehabs done and make readies as well. So um, it's another chance to increase income, and there's been rental demand too. So that is positive. Vacancies are not going on for too long. That's excellent. And um, as you work through this thing, we come back from break here. Let's talk about what you did to that one to make it go up that much in value, because I think people would like to hear that. We'll take a short break and be right back with Jared Bolster and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Talk 1370. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Jared Bolster out of North Carolina. And um, I don't even know where Cary, North Carolina is, but uh, just call it North Carolina. And uh, he's talking today about two apartment complexes, one that he's already purchased managed, improved, refinanced, and took the money out and contracted upon a second one. He's an IRO investor, meaning he is an independent real estate owner. He takes care of his own businesses. And um, we're going to get more into that in a second. Right now, we want to find out what it took to increase the value. What were your your plans? Um, that's not the right to say it. You had a plan. What were your steps that you took to change the value of this thing? Well, Dell, the property was very tired when I took it over. Um, I would say it was most likely mismanaged. There was a lot of deferred maintenance. Um, the first project that I undertook um, after owning the property was replacing 84 windows on the property. This is a 16-unit property, so that was a big value add for the residents. And, you know, they're paying their own electric and, you know, helps with noise and insulation. So it's going to keep those electric bills down. So we banged that project out all in one. And then once the rehab started, you know the, these are costing anywhere between you know six to eight thousand a unit. Um, we're doing gray tin paint with white trim, uh, adding new flooring, either you know vinyl flooring or LVT or carpet, depending if it was a first or second floor unit. We went with a black appliance package for the kitchen, um, new finishes for hardware and fixtures. Uh, we resurfaced the tubs to give it like a nice white shine to it. I mean, this real nice for the mamas out there. They love the new kitchens and bathrooms. Uh, we also, uh, on more recent rehabs, we're installing ceiling fans in the two bedrooms, as well as peel and stick backsplash in the kitchen to help make it pop a little bit. And that's commanding a little higher rent than what we were getting last year. Um, so bathrooms were at least. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, almost. almost uh, it's lengthy here. But uh, the bathrooms, we also uh, put in new vanities and low-flow toilets throughout the entire community. Because the property is master metered, um, and I'm not doing a rubs on the property, I'm trying to keep the water expense as low as possible, and somewhat baking that rubs expense into rent. So that was everything we did on the property to date. 
Why did you elect to bake it into the rent instead of going with an outright rub system? Because the sub-market, not many owners in the sub-market were doing it, and I didn't want to set myself apart that way. I, I am using third-party management, and they said in the past they've seen problems with people getting two bills with their rent and their rubs, so I'd rather keep it as simple as possible as I try to upgrade the, the clientele from you know Class B to more of Class B type of residents. Okay, that makes sense. Um, when you look at this and you um, think about what you're doing, I'm just looking for a feelings answer here uh, more than anything else. For someone that's out there that's had a job this whole life that was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the term innocuous. In other words, you're running back and forth between guys and, you know, you're, you're working and you're trading and you're doing your job and the end result is somebody benefits and somebody fails and whatever, but it's pretty innocuous. What does it feel like to be the purveyor of the business, the owner, the, the person that sets into, into motion the betterment of the lifestyle, the quality of these people that live in your establishment? The best word that I could use is empowering. Um, you know, all the responsibility now is on my shoulders. You know, I'm, I'm the leader of this community and of my business, so it all falls on me. Um, you know, my job is to effectively reach out and help others because if I can help enough people get what they want, then ultimately I'll be able to get, you know, anything I want. And it starts, it has to start somewhere, and it started with this 16-unit community. Um, on the flip side, though, you think about what the financial world is and, and trading is just so competitive and people are stepping on each other trying to climb up to the top of the ladder. And thankfully for me, I never have to do that again. You know, that's a good point, uh, Jared. I, I always thought of that when I first started. I was so upset because I was a salesman that every time you'd become successful, you'd develop a sales team and you'd have a good year. They'd either raise your quotas or steal your salespeople out from underneath of you or whatever. Um, it never seemed like you'd get ahead. You know, there always it always had to be more. But once I started buying real estate, I could go put a person in a house, later an apartment, and say, okay, they're happy. I'm happy. Money comes in the mail, and that's it. There's no more stress. There's no more worry. It's done. It, and geez, I never got that completed feeling when I worked at a job. It was always like, what have you done for me today? It's never going to be different. And did you feel a stress reduction when you got out of working in that corporate field that was so stressful? Oh, 100%. I mean, I could slice this up so many different ways, but I can definitely relate to you when you say it was so hard to get ahead. Um, the last job I worked, which was for eight and a half years, uh, my company was a child company to a parent. And, you know, with our, if we had a very good year numbers-wise and the parent company did not, we did not get compensated fairly. You know, we'd be pulling them up to make the numbers even. So even, if, you know, in, in a great year, our numbers would be coming down. So you never really were going to get ahead. And I looked at that and I said, this model is not going to change. The only person who can make a change is me. And, and I did. And I saw that living in New York with a high cost of living and a low quality of life and just terrible, terrible commuting. Uh, I said, we have to find someplace else to move so that my family can have a successful future, living someplace where the quality of life is high and the cost of living is much lower and a better climate than the Northeast. You know, you just said a lot right there. I don't know if you realize that, but that's a, 
That's a whole piece of a seminar right there. They, they lowered the cost of living, increased the quality of your life. And when you look at it, you also lowered probably the tax rate you're in. Um, but the, the bottom line is that you're in a situation where you can literally, you said it earlier, retirement is not a age. Retirement is a position, and the position is your income covers your expenses. And when your passive income covers your expenses, then you're pretty much free to do whatever you want to do in your life, whether that is go back out there and work in corporate America or dive in and buy yourself an apartment and you know, start having the fun of rehabbing it and turning it around, whatever. But it gives you that freedom to be able to make those choices later on in life. And that's, it was very well said. Um, in, the, in the case that you're in right now, where you've gone through the cycle and you pulled out the other side, how much time do you spend on the project that's, you know, it's done, it's there, it's sitting there right now? What, how much time do you spend? Well, in fact, you said that's management company, huh? You got third-party management? Yes, I stay on top of the management company to make sure that they're they're doing uh, what I ask. They do manage about three thousand doors in the sub market. Um, you know, I probably go out to the property once every week or two when there's not much happening. When there are rehabs going on, and I've got people hired to do the work and and maybe need to meet them and and talk to them, I may go out there two or three times in a week, and that's fine. I mean, I do like things done right, but more often than not, I'm working on my business, not in my business. And, and as I get older and more tired and gray. That's exactly what I want to be doing is stepping back and letting other people handle it and sort of let this go on autopilot. Then Absolutely. there in the thick of it. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break. Be right back with Jared Bolster and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Nice. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet. Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP, you deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward, Medella. The Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Jared Bolster out of North Carolina. Jared owns one apartment, about ready to close on a second apartment. And uh, he's been retired for a year now. And uh, actually, 2018, did you say? When did you say you retired? Last year? Just the past few, I would say the past few months, Del. My past first investment was Feb February of 18. So just this year, the cash flow was really ramped up enough to push me over that threshold of monthly expenses. Okay, now that's an interesting question. Let's go back because we had uh, touched on this slightly uh, in the last segment. So let's clarify it a little further. When, when you say 
Clara, when you say you replace your expenses, you cover your expenses, one of the things I've had conversations with individuals about many, many times is they come to me and go, you know, I don't see how I'm ever going to retire. Uh, you know, I make $100,000 a year, and, you know, I'm just not getting there very fast as I start to build up these cash flows. And I said, well, what you have to realize is you don't actually take home $100,000 a year. You actually take home whatever you earned minus the taxes, which is income tax, federal income tax, state income tax, and Social Security and Medicare tax. And when I do the calculations with them and say, and also you contribute to a 401k, stop doing that, uh, all of a sudden they realize, boom, I really only have to take and replace 60% of my total income. How did you, did you have that realization early on or later on? And how did you work that into your calculations and knowing you were where it needed to be to walk away? Absolutely. I took what my annual salary was and basically took 40% off the top and said, this is a number that I need to replace. Let's get started. And it started with the three single family properties in 2018 the IRO property uh, in June of that year, and four passive investments now up to a total of six. Uh, they are all distributing now, which is how we've been able to clear that hurdle of monthly expenses. But, yeah, you have to have a vision and understand, you know, that it's just going to get sweeter and sweeter over time. I mean, you've got the incredible tax benefits. Um, you know, you're, you're paying yourself a raise basically every month or every quarter if you have control of the real estate and can increase the rent and increase the value. So that was part of the vision and part of the plan. And ultimately, with that goal of the cash-out refi, which, I mean, that was on my brain, like, every day for a year. Like, what do I need to do to get this done? And I just stuck to it like I've never stuck to anything in my life. So that's another thing that uh, people don't really understand. When they work for a living, they're hoping for a raise. Uh, they're, you know... and hoping they do a good job and they get a raise of some type in the future. Some do, some don't. Uh, but in retirement, most people think that those raises go away. In other words, whatever I was able to come up with at retirement, I start living off of what I have. I got Social Security. That's limited. But the way we do retirement, that's not actually the case. We actually can increase our income uh, over and over and over again by just buying more real estate. And you've done that by going out and buying this additional property. How much more a month immediately will this new property bring you? And how much more a month will it bring you after you re redo it like you've done this one? What I'm, you, I'm sure you've made some estimates. I'm, I'm not holding you to them being true, but I'm just saying, what do you see? What's your thought process? I, I can answer the first question a little bit more, more accurately, Dell. Now, this is a yield play. I mean, it's, it's been completely rehabbed, and I like it because it gives me immediate, immediate cash flow of 8% on day one. Um, Numbers-wise, it's going to be anywhere between $1,500 and $2,000 a month um, in my pocket monthly since it, it is a split with another partner, but my percentage will be 1500 to $2,000. Um, and it's a complete 180 from the property I have now, which was more of a deep value play, and I, you know, pumped in about $150,000 capex. So, you know, it, it's good to see sort of both sides of the coin here. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, I could have chosen to be patient and, and wait for maybe some discounted deals that come out next year, but I will have some money coming back in refinances. 
but I don't want the money to sit around for too long in this bank account after the refi. And the best play out there right now is the deal play, and I'm going for it. It's in a growing market. There's businesses coming here. There's rents are increasing here. And I'm going to be able to take advantage of both the natural appreciation and some force appreciation over the next three to five years. Yeah, that's the other thing that uh, myself had found and many other people have found in the past is that when you buy something that's predominantly a yield play, you're thinking, okay, I'm just buying this one because it's going to pay me 8% or it's going to pay me 10% or whatever it's going to pay you, uh, that that's it. But that isn't really what happens because over a period of time, there's natural appreciation. Over a period of time, there's forced appreciation, which is where you raise the rents or you find a way to control the expenses and you get, a, get your arms around that property and tighten it up. And all of a sudden, you turn around one day, and it's gone up a couple thousand bucks a month. And that's the beautiful thing about it. So in rule number two, we say there must be cash flow. And you've produced enough cash flow from single family to multifamily to a second multifamily to be able to, to replace that earned income. Let's talk now about the concept of... I'm trying to think about how I want to put this. Let's talk about the third concept. You can't get rich slow. Um, let's think about what you've done net worth-wise since you started. Think of what your net worth was two years ago and what your net worth is now. It's doubled in two and a half years, though, through real estate investing. And this would not be possible working the day-to-day -day job, the daily grind, hoping for a raise, kissing your boss's butt. It's just not going to happen, and people need to understand that. You need to take control of your life and control of your money, not hand it over to a financial planner, and learn how you can find ways to effectively create a better life and increase your income. So you're sitting out here now knowing that you have total control of your future because you can continue to grow as much as you'd like. Uh, you said the wife was also retired. What was she doing before and what is she doing now? She was working part-time uh, at a school as a part-time teacher uh, assistant. With COVID and everything happening, you know, with schools, she thought it'd be best to just take the year off um, and stay home since my two sons are doing virtual learning right now. So she has potential plans to go back next year. We've got a vaccine and things have somewhat normalized. But the nice thing is she has a choice. She doesn't have to go back if she doesn't want to. If we want to travel more, we can travel more. If we want to, you know, buy more real estate, we'll buy more real estate. And, you know, if we want to self-manage, we'll self-manage. So we have choices. We have options. And when you're a W-2 employee, you're very limited. You have the scarcity mindset, and you don't have options like you would as a real estate investor. So the concept is not the money, is the lifestyle is lost on a lot of people. Because especially where you come from, I mean, New York, the stress, the, the demand to be, to live up to the Joneses, uh, the stress of the type of job you had, uh, it's never enough, it's never enough. And then all of a sudden you realize that, hey, we have enough income to survive. We have known future income. We know we can grow that income. So we don't have to worry about any of it anymore. You buy back your time, you can spend time with your kids, you can spend time with your wife, your family, um, yet you still have all the rights to go back to work if you or she wanted to. I mean, that's not so much how much money you made out of doing this, but more the quality of lifestyle you developed. 
Um, what do your friends and family think about you taking these risks? Anybody say anything? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, they, they saw we moved away and we moved, you know, where we know basically nobody. Um, there were only a couple of families we knew when we moved here and they, we weren't very close with them. But we did it for our own families uh, in the future. Um, and, you know, at the time, I didn't know I was going to be a real estate investor, Dell. At the time, I thought, hey, I, I'm going to find a job right here in Raleigh, 20 minutes from where I live, and I can cut my daily commute to one hour a day instead of three hours a day. That was the plan. And that never happened. I don't think I went on one interview in the entire time during <laughs> you know, through that process of, of coming here. And, and I don't know if I'll ever go on another interview again here. But the point is, I'm happier now. There's really little to no stress. I'm not running for trains anymore. I'm not trying to, you know, get to work on time and and say, hey, you know, being afraid of what people will think of you if, if you don't, if you show five or ten minutes late. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, you know, now I have total control and I don't have to worry about those things that the majority of people worry about. And you, uh, you've only got 30 seconds, actually less than that, so I don't know if you even asked this question, but we'll just throw it out there. Anybody ever give you any grief for leaving a, a good job and a, a real solid life? Yeah. They're like, well, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I'm just tired of this stuff. I'm going to find it. i got to find a new place to live, and that's you know going to be more beneficial to my life and to my family's life. Excellent. That's exactly what I did. Excellent, excellent. All right, we're going to take one last break here. We'll be right back with Gerald Bolster and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With us here today is Gerald Bolster, and uh, he's from North Carolina. Gerald has purchased three single-family houses and uh, two apartment complexes and uh, six passive deals. And by the way, if you don't know what a passive deal is, that's where he's invested with somebody else uh, in their apartment complex where they operate, and he's just a, a passive investor, but he gets his share of the return uh, as a partner in the deal. So um, he's done quite well. I want to talk to you now, Gerald, about um, the last deal, the, the one you're purchasing right now, and tell me, uh, well, you already did tell me what you liked about it. You liked it because it was a passive. It was a, uh, I'm sorry, a, a value, or, excuse me, my brain did work sometime yesterday. I don't know if it got up with me this morning or not. Um, a value play, no, not a value play, a yield play, I'm sorry. And uh, so as you look at the situation here, I'm just partners in a deal. I needed someone to help fill a liquidity gap. And I actually had a partner who was non-lifestyles who wound up uh, backing out of we were going to form a 50-50 partnership. And so was scrambling a little bit last week. But, you know, I do have my network at Lifestyles, and I did find someone who's uh, got a very proven track record and has decided to come in as a minority, minority partner. And uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I'm, I'm sure you know them. We're going to go in on this. He's going to fulfill the, uh, the liquidity that I need to get this deal done. Uh, I'm not taking an override, and we're going to let this thing operate. And what's really great about this market, believe it or not, I was talking to one of the lieutenants in town last week, and he talked about the location of this property. It's in very high demand right now. Tons of tax dollars and businesses are moving to this area. There's a technology research triangle that's in the midst of being built. 
uh, private university, walking steps from the uh, from the community. There's a lot of good things happening right now. And this guy said, if I had the money to invest, I would right now. But he doesn't have the money. He's a lieutenant. So it just made me feel very comfortable that I'm, you know, investing in the right place. Um, in addition to that, he said he sits on a lot of boards in town. So he knows what's going on. He's got a good feel for the market. And uh, that, to me, uh, really validated me moving forward with this property. So as you go into the second property here, what is your what is your view of the future? What do you, what do you see happening in your life? Do you have a short-term, mid-term, long-term plan? Obviously, we talked about the short-term yeah. one. What about the mid-term and long-term? Uh, well, one of the shorter-term plans here is by the end of next year, at the end of 2021, is to grow my cash flow to $10,000 a month passive income. Um, you know, that, that, that five-digit level to me is, is a milestone type and I know, I know I'll get there. It'd be great if it could be sooner, but I'm going to, I've set that as my goal, the end of next year. Um, more longer term, I'm looking at growing my portfolio to 100 units as an IRO in six years. That would put me at age 48 to own uh, 100 units. And hopefully it's only between, you know, no more than four properties. Three would be fine. And just over time, just exchange when, when one property has run its course, when it's completely rehabbed and it's ready to be sold, it will be exchanged into, to a bigger, better cash flow producing property. And that's my goal over the next six years is to do that. Your, uh, your children, how, what ages are they? They are 10 and seven. Have, uh, you've been able to pass anything on to them at all about business or about real estate at all yet? I've tried a little bit. I know that, you know, I will give them some, they, they know about some words and they ask, hey, daddy, like, what, what's our net worth? And like, I, I don't know if I should be telling you that yet, son. You need, to, you, know, you need to go up a little bit more before I, I don't want them going around telling his peers what's going on yet. I think uh, he needs to become a teenager. But what I have thought about is you know, taking money from their custodian accounts and just totally liquidating it and putting that, that amount that they have into this deal. And then they will get a return each month and they will see how. Um, that snowball effect will happen. Their cash flow will build up from their investment, you know, their tiny little, you know, investment from a bank account into income-producing property. And I think that is like seeing the numbers and seeing how it works is going to be effective education for them. And then they'll start asking questions, and then I'll have the answers ready for them. I think that's an excellent idea. Actually, I've turned a lot of the people that I've run into that have had great results with their kids just start them on something, you know. They buy them, quote-unquote, a house Obviously, a kid can't own a house, but they'll buy a house and say, this one's yours, and you got to go over there with me when we collect the rent, and you got to be with me when we pay the mortgage. And, you know, they just get them used to the processes and the accounting of it to start with and the thought process of a tenant owing you rent and the whole bit. And I've, I've seen that work out well. I've had other people buy them into apartment complexes. I was looking at one family the other day. I was looking at a, uh, a prospectus of one of the deals I'm in, looking at the balance sheet. And I saw this one family had three different family trusts in that deal. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, they're really into it for their kids, right? You know, this, this, right. you know, I think they had a family trust for each kid they might have gotten from their grandparents or something like that, you know? And uh, they, they're all in there. They, three different family trusts, you know, were invested in this deal. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate you sharing your story with us again for the third time. Look forward again to hear the next part of your story down the path. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you, Dell.
was a pleasure. Thank you. For the rest of you now, remember this. Jared, myself, the rest of the people, lifestyles. We don't do this for a little money. We do this for a lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.